Welcome to Inspired, a new six-part radio documentary series from Seeds of Peace. I'm one of your hosts, Bilal Qureshi. And I'm Marissa Mazria Katz. I'm a journalist working in New York City. And I'm a radio reporter and producer based in Washington, D.C. This series is inspired by Seeds of Peace. For more than 25 years, the organization has been bringing young people together from across lines of conflict. And cultivating new generations of global leaders. We are here, we are part of this America whose identity, I believe, is almost always changing. The political situation in Israel is the driving force behind all of my social work. For these audio documentaries, we've been traveling and meeting some of those people. From the schools of Lahore, Pakistan. These are the young people who are going to change the educational landscape of Pakistan and change it for the better. To the music studios of Jaffa, Israel. Art and music can serve a safe space for communication that's beyond Jewish or Arab, beyond whatever wall there is to be put. From the refugee camps in Palestine There's a kind of little light in such big darkness. To the south side of Chicago. It was more about wanting to show other people that they're capable of being better, doing better, and seeing better. We'll hear about their inspirational journeys and the ways they've inspired others. For this episode of Inspired, Marissa and I are both in Chicago to meet a teenager who had the courage and the power to save a life. I've heard gunshots before, but I never heard gunshots like that in broad daylight. That felt so close to me. I mean, these gunshots felt like they were right outside my door. This is the voice of Journey, the young African-American woman we've come to meet in Chicago. She was only 15 when a shooting happened outside her apartment. I wasn't thinking about being prepared for one of the gunshot victims to come through my back door. And he is bleeding. He has two wounds, gushing blood. He's holding his neck and he's just like, I've been shot. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? I need help. But Journey is a certified first responder. And I'm like, yes, I I can help you. And at 15, Journey saved that young man's life. She stopped the bleeding as paramedics finally burst through the doors. For years, Journey has been part of a program that helps everyday Chicago residents learn how to cope and respond to gun violence. Sadly, that violence now defines the daily reality for far too many people in this American city. Chicago faces an epidemic of gun violence. This year alone, more than 2100 people have been shot, more than 400 killed. Later in this episode, we're going to return to Journey's story and the day she changed the course of someone's life. But first, we have to make it to school on time. Welcome to Harold L. Richards High School in Chicago. Things seem very ordinary here. Walls are lined with lockers, students roam the halls and cliques, texting and flirting between classes. We overhear the band, rehearsing for the Christmas concert. But look closer, and something feels very different. There's an armed police officer roaming the hallways of Richards High School. All around the school, there are signs that say no guns allowed, And there is a special tourniquet kit for bleeding emergencies hanging on the yellow brick wall outside the cafeteria, as the school's principal explains to us. You pull it out. It is a complete tourniquet for up to three bleed-out issues on each one. We're having two more put in, one down by the 
gym and one in the library later, um, actually this month. So this is how many tourniquets in it? it this, this is enough to deal with 30 wounds. And then there's another one upstairs. This is not an ordinary time to be a young person attending any high school in the United States. Mass shootings are an epidemic in our country, as we know. But Principal Mike Jacobson tells us there's an added layer to the threat from gun violence for his students. Well, right now, we're sadly, at a, we're at a very violent time in the city of Chicago, and it's, it's, it's been that way for a while. Every school is on a really heightened alert. But then cut to a place where young people have been demonstrated to have access to weapons. Because of the violence in the city, sadly, I call a war on young people. The people being gunned down in the streets by one another are young people. It's, 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 it's a disgrace and it's shocking. Richards High School is located in a relatively safe part of southern Chicago. But as Principal Jacobson explains, some of the worst affected neighborhoods in the city are only minutes away. And his students are carrying the pain and trauma of gun violence. A lot of them have lost friends to violence. A lot of them, lot of them have lost family members to violence. We sadly just had a graduate last month who was... Who, uh, she was graduated a few years ago, but she was murdered. So we had a, a balloon, you know, released here. Add on to that the fact that they're high school students, and we live in a world where, you know, school shooting is a phrase. Because sadly, in every neighborhood, something can happen at a school. You see kids really coming kind of like on the edge sometimes. Because a lot of times what they've just seen in their communities um, is, is violent, it's bloodshed, it's gun violence, and they don't necessarily feel safe. Harold L. Richards High School is located in a neighborhood filled with strip malls and simple single-family homes. The backdrop is a quintessential Midwestern winter skyline, flat and covered in snow. The school draws from a diverse set of neighborhoods and communities. And we're about 50% white, uh, 25% African-American, 25% Hispanic. Bilal, I'm sure you'll agree that this is possibly one of the most friendly and welcoming high school hallways ever. Uh, hey, I'm very proud. I hear things are going really well. All right, that, see? And that's not true. Thank you for helping me. People are high-fiving each other. They're laughing. Remember now I owe you. Yeah, and the relaxed atmosphere is very much set by the school's tall and gregarious principal, Mike Jacobson. <laughs> there we go. Mary, you know, could you please just bring me a pop? I know I'm a terrible person. You are not. I'll be right there. Thank you. Bye. This is the principal's office, by the way. Um, Would you like a cookie? I'm good, thank it's you. Supposedly good. Um, there were snacks and sodas. Came out today, so the kids all wanted to play. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Principal Jacobson's got a Nintendo gaming system in his office attached to a flat screen. Students stream in and out of the door like it's home. Thank you. But Marissa, this was all very much by design. Principal Jacobson tells us it's easy to lose connection with high school students today. And here in his school, where so many students are carrying the pain and trauma of violence in their communities, it's even more important to stay connected. And I think it's important for every adult who chooses to work in a school setting to check in with kids regularly, to remind them they're safe, to remind them that, you know, they have a sports system here, but also be like, how are you? Because I'm very in kids' face, but I'm wellness checking right now. I'm a little worried about you. Are you all right? I believe you have to... Yeah, checking. Saying, yeah, I'm, saying, I'm doing a wellness check. Are you all right? Like when I see a kid looks different than they normally do, I just believe in putting it right out there. Are you okay? I want to ask if you are right. And I just like the idea that we're developing a community of people who once in a while check in with people and conduct what we just call a wellness check. 
This is where Journey goes to school. Hey, Journey! So, you know they're here to interview you. You're going to do that at the end of the day? She grew up in the south side of Chicago. We first met her as she was wrapping up a yoga class with fellow students in a low-lit classroom. She has bright big eyes, a wide smile, and her hair pulled up into a tight ponytail. As we sat down to speak and conversations turned to the headlines from Chicago, Journey tells us about how her mom shielded her from some of the more painful truths about her hometown. When I was very little, she always made it a priority to show me the beauty of Chicago, no matter what. Not because I wasn't living in the hood, because I was, but my mom always made sure that the beautiful things that I saw, the art that I saw, the music that I heard, where I was, even if I was in a vacant lot, that I was able to, you know, see a community garden at the end of my block. Journey says despite her mom's best efforts to shield her from violence, it became clear to her early on there was another side to Chicago. When I got to, like, 12, 13, 14, realizing, like, like this is a circus, you know, and, like, there is a lot going on around me that makes it hard to live and hard to have a quality of life. You know, they say ignorance is bliss for a reason. And then I go home and I click on the TV and it's, Chicago is a horrible, you know, it's so violent, 46 shootings in 48 hours. Like, it it was very confusing for me. Journey remembers the day her world changed. I'm coming home from my very first date. I'm 15, okay? I'm 15 years old at this point. It's July of 2016. I come home. It's blistering hot outside. I mean hot, 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 like Chicago summer hot. So I'm in the house, and I hear gunshots. I've heard gunshots before, but I never heard gunshots like that in broad daylight. That felt so close to me. I mean, these gunshots felt like they were right outside my door. And so I get up, and I look out the window, and I look at the gas station across the street. But I do want to know what's going on. One, because I'm home alone. I'm a young woman, and I want to like make sure I'm prepared for whatever could happen. I wasn't thinking about being prepared for one of the gunshot victims to come through my back door. He has two wounds, one through his neck, up through his jaw, and I mean gushing blood. He's holding his neck, and he's just like, I've been shot. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? I need help. But unlike an ordinary person who may freeze in such a moment, Journey knew exactly what to do. And I'm like, yes, I I can help you. For several months, she had been working with a group called U-Medics. It trains volunteers to respond to gun violence. Before I know it, I have two hands on his neck. I'm applying pressure, and I have one hand on his other, uh, on the other side of his jaw. Journey had also immediately called her mom, who had also trained with U-Medics, and rushed to be by her side. I trained to say, it's about getting the communication going with this person that everything's going to be okay. Can I do this? Yes. We're going to win. Yes. You're going to live. Yes. We're going to, yes. It's a yes agreement to life. And it was so peaceful to see that, to that not to be anxiousness or fear in the room in that moment. It was like a transcendent feeling of peace in that time. It was really good that my mom was able to come there so quickly because then it was like I wasn't doing it alone. The young man who had been shot survived. Eventually, the ambulance and the police arrived at their apartment. By this point, a crowd had formed. But in staying calm, Journey set the tone for what followed. 
A few days later, Journey was on a plane from Chicago to Portland, Maine, to attend the Seeds of Peace summer camp. It's a leadership development program that brings together teenagers from conflict zones around the world and around the United States. Journey says she had never imagined that she would see something so violent in her own neighborhood. But going to Seeds of Peace showed her she wasn't alone. Going to Seeds was incredibly humbling. When you are from Chicago and you witness these things, you hear these things or you live these things, you're like, this is the worst of the worst. You know, you don't really see the lens of what it's like to be from a different place. Um, Or I didn't really see that until I went to Seeds. It gave me a lens, but it also gave me a much-needed healing. Um, It it is like utopia. Um, Everybody wants to hear what you have to say. Everybody knows that they're not 100% right all the time. Everybody, nobody wants to debate. Everybody wants to have a meaningful conversation. It was a transformative summer for Journey. And she says coming home from that utopia was very tough. Journey says she leaned into her work with Umedics and became a certified trainer with the group. It was more about wanting to show other people that they're capable of being better, doing better, and and seeing better in their community. You know, a lot of positive things happen, but when you're so jaded from horrible things that happen, it's hard for you to make space for positive opportunities and experiences. She's been coming into her own since the day of the shooting that changed her life. Journey says she's thinking about studying healthcare at college. She says she's learned how to believe in herself at a time and in a place that doesn't always believe in her. What I like so much about her is her selflessness. What I like so much about her is she wasn't running around telling everybody what she did. You know, she was, she just did it and was surprised people made a big issue of it. Principal Jacobson says it's Journey's relentless positivity that propels her forward, and he knows she will move on to bigger things when she graduates. I have no doubt one day we'll have her back here on the stage to do a distinguished alumni graduation. Like, it's just one of those kids who you know. You know, you're going to miss her when she's gone. You're going to be very excited for what she does, but um, it'll be a lesser school without her. But before we left the high school, we asked Journey's mom, Kanisha, how she came up with her daughter's distinctive, unforgettable name. It's funny because originally I used to say little comments like, um, oh, yeah, she a trip or something like that. At some point I wanted to I started saying stuff like it's an adventure. Her life's so amazing. You know, I started to making it something that was like awesome. So that's all. Her name is Journey Brilliance. Too much, no, but I like my name. People used to be saying that my name sounds like a cruise ship, like the journey brilliance of the seas. I never heard that thing, you know? But that's like the worst of the worst. Like, I don't have a name that's like, I mean, there are some pretty bad names around here, so. Well, well, I'm kind of tempted to say thank you for sharing your journey with us, but I'm not going to say that. Thank you. Thank you for taking the... I'm here for all the puns. All my white teachers would be like, like the band? And I would be like, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Bilal, I love how down-to-earth she is. And Journey Brilliance definitely sounds like a name she is more than living up to. I couldn't agree more. It was such an interesting experience to be in Chicago with her. You've been listening to Episode 5 in the radio documentary series, Inspired, 
brought to you by Seeds of Peace. I'm Marissa Mazria katz And I'm Bilal Qureshi. Thank you again for joining us. 